Well, you're at the game and it's Friday night And you want to make sure that the calls are right This is high school football rules There's a hole in a fumble and an illegal pass Now what do you do cause you're the ref Well, this is high school football rules Well, sit on down and kick right back You're gonna listen to Luke and Matt They're talking high school Welcome back to High School Football Rules, the podcast where we talk about nothing, and I mean nothing, but the NFHS High School Rulebook. We are at Rule 10, Luke. We're there. We're at the end of it. How about that? Feels like we started such a long time ago, too. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm excited so that we can get into the meat and potatoes, the fun stuff. If you've made it this far, congratulations. We appreciate it. Um, we are going to get into the fun stuff after this, though. We start talking about plays. I've got so many plays from this year already, and coaches asking me dumb questions. I shouldn't say that. There's no such thing as dumb questions. But, you know, well, if I line up this tight end here and this one here, well, it's a legal, legal formation. Why are you asking me? Kind of a thing. So, all right, let's get into Rule 10. Sound good? Yep. Rule 10 is enforcement of penalties. We're going to get into some real hairy stuff here, so I hope you uh, prepared because me as the non-rule guy, this is where I start to glaze over. But 10-1, procedure after a foul. Article 1 states, when a foul occurs during a live ball, the referee shall, at the end of the down, notify both teams. He shall inform the designated representative of the offended team regarding the rights of penalty acceptance or declination. Am I saying that right? Declination? Correct, yep. And shall indicate to him or her the number of the ensuing down, distance to be gained, and the status of the ball for each available choice. Now, there's more there, but let's just unpack this because there's so much words in all this. I mean, in practicality, that's what you do, but from a timing standpoint, I mean, most of the time you know what what it is, you know what's going to happen. Occasionally, you've got to you know make a decision. Do you want second and ten or third and you know? Do you want second and fifteen or do you want third and ten? Kind of a thing, right? So yeah, sometimes there's some rules, but if you've got any football sense, you've got some sort of direction in your head already as a white hat, right? Yeah, and if we have, let's just say a normal game has ten penalties in it, there may be two where we have to maybe go ask a question, and even then, that that might be more of a rare occasion. But things like false starts. Yes, you're going to accept it and make the offense go back five yards. There's no, we don't tell both teams what's going on. We tell everybody what happened. Hey, we had a false start. We enforce five yards and move on as fast as possible just because it's an obvious choice from that side. Yeah. The other thing that always drives me bonkers is we've got these captains, right? And who's the designated cap? And who's going to make, I mean, they never ask the captains. You know, rarely, like, captain, you know, what do you want to do? I mean, because you're going to go ask the coach anyways because you don't want that kid to mess it up. Well, that's, that's part of my pregame with the coaches. I say, uh, you know, we have your captains out there. We'll tell them. We'll communicate what's happening on stuff. If there's anything where a decision has to be made, I'm going to go over to the head coach or his representative, uh, whoever he has on the sideline that's going to make that call. I tell him I'll come over to you if there's anything goofy where I think you you want to maybe make a choice one way or the other. Continuing 10-1. In the procedure after foul, the distance penalty for any foul may be declined. If the penalty is declined, or if there is a double foul, there is no loss of distance. In case of a double foul, the designated representative is not consulted since the penalty is offset. The choice of option may not be revoked. 
Decisions involving penalties shall be made before any charged timeout is granted to either team. Yeah, this is, I guess, just a small kind of footnote thing, but uh, if we have fouls, we don't get, I guess the teams don't get to take a timeout to, to decide one way or the other. You kind of have to make your decision, and then timeouts become after that. So it just says that you have to make your choice right away. Okay, Article 2 of 10-1, Procedures After a Foul. When a foul occurs during a dead ball between downs or prior to a free kick or snap, the covering official shall not permit the ball to become alive. Alive. Not live. Not become live. Become alive. Grows legs and starts walking around. It's it's alive. The referee <laughs> shall notify both teams that the designated representative of the offended team will be presented with the options and the effect of acceptance or declination on the down and distance to be gained. The designated representative may accept or decline the penalty. Again, this one, most of the time we're not, we're not asking questions here. Dead ball falls, especially... It's like, well, do you want to penalize the opponent or not? And so why wouldn't you penalize them? Uh, the one time where I probably do ask that question, if we have a situation like a uh, try and they like to snap from the three, it goes to the ten, that's where they kick their field goal, that's the time where we're going from the three to the one and a half. Does that make sense? I mean, sometimes they like to decline those, but otherwise if it's usually a five-yarder pre-snap type foul, they're going to want it enforced no matter what, so we just do it. The only one I ever come across, and more in the NFL than anything, because they've got actual punters who know what they're doing. But if you've got a delay of game, you know, it's a thing to do a delay of game so you move five yards back so then your kicker's got more room to, to punt the ball. Can you, you can decline that penalty. You could say, I, you know, I don't want the penalty for delay of game kind of a thing. Just leave the ball where it's yeah, at. Yeah, if they're in that no man's land where it's too far for a field goal, but uh, they they feel like their kicker is going to kick it into the end zone and end up getting a touchback. Uh, sometimes it makes sense to decline that uh, foul and try to make them kick it shorter, if that makes sense. Um, yep. I, I always look at this, too. If it's fourth and four and they have a delay of game, I think they're going to want to accept it because let's just say they decline it and on the next play they encroach in high school football. Yep. It's going to be a first down for their team. So if they were beyond that, that five-yard mark, I might ask if they want to decline it. Again, it doesn't happen most of the time in ours. They'd rather yep. prefer to get the yardage. Gotcha. Article 3, when a live... Okay, let's go back. Article 2 real quick. Dead ball fouls or prior to a free kick snap, you don't allow the ball to go. So if it's a dead ball foul, I mean, I, I think of encroachment as a big one, yep. right? False start is another big one. Um, anything else we're missing there? Kind of the big dead ball ones where you kill it right away. Well, this is also, uh, so on free kicks, we went through some fouls that caused the ball to be dead right away. Um, things like pop-up kicks. Offside. Yeah. Encroachment. Yeah. Well, encroachment, yeah. right. If, if somebody goes over the line. Yeah. And the idea behind it in, in high school football is, um, we want to prevent plays that happen that are going to be replayed in general, right? So we had something yep. like a formation thing. If we just don't let the play go, that's one less chance for kids to run, you know, 30 miles an hour and run into each other, right? So stopping, penalizing, and, and playing the down before it ever came, became alive is, is kind of the goal of some of these pre-snap style things. Yeah. But a formation thing, you got five in the backfield, let's say. I mean, that's a, that's a live ball foul because they always have the chance of moving up. So, right, so that one, you don't kill it, just, just to be clear. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I think we, as we went through all the rules previously here, some things were live ball, some things were dead ball. Um, yep. A lot of 
things that like simulate the snap cause the ball to become dead. Things like formation and stuff, they, they give the defense the chance to make a better play and decline it if they want to. Article 3 of 110, Procedure After a Foul, states that when a live ball fouled by one team is followed by a dead ball fouled by the opponent, the penalties are administered separately and in the order of occurrence. I think we've talked about this a couple of times, but basically, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. You know, how do you how do you usually handle these? Yeah, the, where I think it makes a lot of sense, we talked about it when we talked about starting series and like the line to gain and when it gets set. So let's just say we had something like a hold on the offense. And after the ball became dead, then we had a unnecessary roughness or a UNS or something that was a dead ball period. Um, from the defensive team. So we still are going to administer the 10-yard foul for holding from wherever that occurred. Then, since it's happened after that, we'll have that UNS foul that's going to bring it 15 the other way. Now, that 15 yards, if that gives you enough for the, the line to gain, you may get a first down, you may not. It all kind of depends on where the ball ended up in this case. But just knowing that um, they don't just cancel, because especially yep. down by goal lines and stuff too, since we go in the order they occurred, maybe we go half the distance in and then a full 15 back, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. And, again, this is live ball and a dead ball, so it's not a double foul. If you have two live ball fouls, one on each team, that's a double foul. Yep. They don't get the choice. I think we talk about it coming up here. But, you know, that's just replay the down. But if you've got a live ball, then dead ball, you should stop and pause and say, oof, how are we going to handle this? At least take a, take a step or two or a breath or two and, and make sure you, you understand that we got a live ball, dead ball, administer them in the order that they occurred. There's no washing. There's no double foul there. Correct. All right. Article 4, when the same team commits a live ball foul, followed by one or more dead ball fouls, all fouls, fouls, I can never say that, fouls, may be penalized. So you've got a, you've got a offsides, or you've got a false start on the, or holding on the offense, and then all of a sudden he MFs the ref, you know, starts swearing at him, he's just frustrated. Don't throw a penalty, but if you, if you do throw a penalty, right, so then you've got a holding 10 yards, and then you've got a dead ball foul, unsportsmanlike, you go back another 15, so that guy just cost his team 25. Right, and, and it really worked. This comes in more, like, to differentiate between live ball and dead ball periods. Uh, if they have two holdings on the same play, we're only ever going to enforce one of those. But if they have a holding, and then after the play, a UNS, and then another UNS, we actually can enforce both of those UNSs. What, what, hold, hold on. What's a UNS? So, excuse me. Unsportsmanlike conduct. So the MF and the uh, referee that you just said? UNS. Unsportsmanlike. So isn't it UNSC? Don't we say UN or USC? <laughs> no, it's not. It's just the abbreviation they See, choose. No wonder I didn't know what it was. You guys <laughs> got your seek. Even you, you can't even get your whatever you call them right. So Acronyms. Those are acronyms. Acronyms. You can't even get your acronyms correct. No wonder nobody understands these rules. Well, I tell you, why, why we have the, the short language, since we got to Rule 10, you hung on this far with us, uh, for yeah. like for other stuff, we actually write down the, the fouls. And if we took the time to write out unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, it just is, I don't know, 13 times the letters and just saying UNS. Yeah. So there is a reason for the brevity, but I apologize for using acronyms in the uh, podcast here. All right, Article 5 of 10-1 Procedure After a Foul. Enforcement of a penalty cannot take the ball more than half the distance from the enforcement spot to the offending team's goal line. If the prescribed penalty is greater than this, the ball is placed halfway from the spot of enforcement to the goal line. Yeah, and this is probably where it gets to be one of the most... Uh, uh, different rules and enforcements than 
those other two codes. So uh, if you ever have confusion about why on a, um, let's say it's a defensive pass interference foul when you are at the 10-yard line, why they go to the five and why maybe it doesn't end up as an automatic first down. It's because there isn't automatic first down tied to that penalty in high school, and we can't go more than half the way from the goal line. So this is one we we talk a little bit about. You know why we go to coaches and tell them decisions. I actually tell the um, the team that was offended about this one. Hey, you're not getting a first down just so you know it's going to be third and two, even though it was a pass interference thing. Just so they're very clear about it because it's goofy compared to all those other codes. Yeah, and there, I mean, and I think it's happened. I think we've heard, I've seen. You know, in theory, as a defense, if you're in that situation, you can just keep holding all day, and they can just keep getting half the distance to the goal, half the distance. But then you've got to, you have the right as the official to step in and and stop making a mockery of yeah. it. But in theory, they can get down to the two inch line. You know, well then, I mean, you're on the two inch line. So, but you know, if they're making a mockery of the game, you've got to make a decision. Correct. Article six: The following falls by a, which typically is the offense. Includes loss of right to replay a down. A, illegally handing the ball forward. B, illegal forward pass. Or C, illegal touching of a forward pass by an ineligible. So all of those uh, come with a loss of down. Yeah, and uh, again, there's there's been some popular plays just recently here we're in 2021 where it's not always easy on the officials to keep track of the down. So this is one where anytime I have a foul that includes loss of down, I talk through and go as slow as possible to make sure that we don't go from first to third by accident, right? Yeah, everyone kind of happens. Mm-hmm. The ball play happens. Well, first down, if I go to second, and then someone speaks up and goes, hey, that's a loss of down foul. The worst thing that can happen, and it, and it does, it happens to the best of us. I mean, again, D1 guys just had this happen to him. He already had it on two. Then you say, oh, loss of down. You go to three, and now they're punting on third down versus the other way around. So anytime you yeah. see loss of down, slow down, talk through, make sure you know exactly – where you were in that series uh, before you uh, move on to the next play. Yep. So illegally, illegally, basically it's illegally. I mean, I you try to think of the short ways to remember some of this stuff and this number seven, I've got it down because I've just memorized it forever, yeah. but you know, kind of illegally, if the ball is moving forward illegally, you know, think of it as a, if it touches somebody illegally, if, it, if it's a for, illegal forward pass or legally handing the ball forward, um, you know, you got to start thinking about loss of down. Article 7 states, the following falls by B, give A an automatic first down. And there's only four. And really, I mean, this is listing A, B, and C, but I call them four, so it helps me remember. There's only four that give automatic first down. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to whisper it. Pass interference is not one of them. (laughs) So don't fall in for that trap. There is no automatic first down to pass interference in high school. But Article 7 states, the following follows by B, give A an automatic first down. Number one, roughing the kicker or holder. I usually separate those, but then B is roughing the passer, C, roughing the snapper. So anytime you've got a roughing call, roughing the kicker, roughing the holder, roughing the pass, roughing the snapper, there's four of them that I say in my head. Those are automatic first downs. Correct. Everything else, the only way you get a first down is if the yardage takes you beyond the line to game. That's the, the other way to, to say that same thing. Um, so, yeah, this is where, again, both college and pros, they have a whole bunch more personal fouls, you know, face masks, that kind of thing, that all carry that automatic first down with them. We don't have that in high school. It has to be these these four, as you said, roughing conditions 
to do it. The other thing that is probably the weirdest thing about uh, the the B article or here, roughing the passer. To be a passer in high school football, you have to have thrown the ball. So a guy in the pocket who gets face masked and gets taken down, that's officially a face mask fall. It's not a roughing the yep. passer fall unless he had thrown the ball and then got face masked. So the passer is defined as someone who has thrown a pass. So yeah, you're a runner until you're a passer. Yeah. Kind of a way to think of yep. it. Yeah. Okay, that was 10-1. 10-2 of enforcement of penalties. Double and multiple fouls. Article 1 of 10-2 states that it is a double foul if both teams commit fouls. Makes sense. Other than non-player or unsportsmanlike, during the same live ball period in which A, there is no change of team possession unless all fouls committed by R are post-scrimmage kick fouls, which we'll get into, or B, there is a change of team possession, and the team in possession at the end of the down fouls prior to final change of possession unless all fouls committed by R are post-scrimmage kick fouls. <laughs> Do we want to unwrap that one? That's a, that's a lot of yeah, words. Yeah, here. So uh, let's just let's go through A first here. So there's no change of okay. team possession. So normal play happens. Both teams foul during that play. So there was no change of team possession for any reason. Um, those fouls will offset and will replay the down. You don't give a team a choice like, well, one was a five-yarder, one was a 15. They just offset automatically. The only reason they have that that last little bit about PSK or post-scrimmage kick fouls is that when we have scrimmage kicks, we assume that um, Team R has the ball once the ball's been kicked. It's just something so that we don't re-kick a bunch. Yeah. It's just part of the part of the rule book here. So... What they're, if you take out the, the post-scrimmage kick enforcement stuff, we're just saying normal play, both teams foul, they offset. Now in B, where we talked about uh, the whole, if there is a change of team possession, this is what we call clean hands play. Uh, we, we say that if you get a turnover and you had not fouled before you possess the ball, you are going to get to keep the ball. Now, if you foul, this is saying you now have fouled, so we've had a foul by both teams, and you fouled after you intercepted or got a fumble or something. What you can do is decline. You as the team who got the ball with clean hands, you can decline the other team's foul. The other team is going to now enforce the foul that was against you, but you get to keep it because you got it without violating a rule first. Yep. But let's – holding – Right, and then you've got a kick. So if we're going in order, right, right at the snap, the guard holds the D lineman coming through the line trying to block the punt. Okay, there's a flag down for holding. Punt is kicked. The receiver catches the ball. He's now a runner. Now the receiving team has an illegal block in the back. In theory, I mean, you could get all jumbled up by saying we've got two fouls on the same play, you know, live ball play, but. Because that holding, you would have to decline that holding as the receiving team, right? To keep the to ball. To make sure that you can to keep the ball, right? So you decline that one. Then wherever you end up, 50-yard line, you are going to go back, you know, legal block in the back. I don't know, is that 10 or 15-yard penalty? That's a 10. You know, so you're going to go back 10, so you're on the minus 40 then um, going from there. But at least you still have the ball yeah. kind of a thing. What if they do accept the kicking, the, the holding penalty? Then, it, then is it a... Double foul that you have to re-kick, we replay the down? It is. So, again, in A, we said nobody gets a choice in it. In B and yep. C, there's a choice for the team who has the ball. 
officially, when you intercept it on that, in that B that we were talking about, you could yep. offset fouls and give the ball back to their team. People don't do that. That's why we have the rule, right? Yeah. Same thing. Yep. Usually when people get the ball after a punt, unless the punt brings, you know, the enforcement would bring it down to like the two-yard line, maybe they then. They just rather re-kick it anyway. Yeah, that, so. that might be a time where they would say, let's do offsetting. But a lot of times, once they've gotten the ball, they want to keep the ball and start first and ten for wherever the you know the play ends up after enforcement here. So it just gives a little bit more power to a team that kind of was expecting the ball or had gotten the ball with clean hands. Are the two terms I like to use. Yeah. So I mean, long story short, well, let's read C first. C. So double and multiple fouls. It is a double foul if both teams commit fouls other than non-player or unsportsmanlike during the same live ball period in which C. There is a change of possession, and the team in final possession accepts the penalty for its opponent's foul at any time during the down. Yeah, so this is saying it is if they do decide to accept it. Yep. In A, B, and C, the penalties cancel and the down is replayed. All right. So basically, the easy thing to think about is if we have a change of possession, either by kick or interception or fumble or something, it's a change of possession and we've got a foul on either team, you really got to kind of you got to start marching back and, and figure out where everything's at and the different ramifications. And this is when you really got to slow down as a crew and, and talk. Yeah. About and it. knowing when the foul occurred is a big deal, especially on those turnover ones. Was there a defensive holding before the interception? Now there's no choice. If it occurred after they got it, the clean hands rule I just talked about, then yep. they have a choice. So knowing when the foul occurred is also a big part of this. Article 2 of double and multiple fouls. If each team fouls during a down in which there is a change of team possession and the play does not have a post-scrimmage kick foul, the team last gaining possession may retain the ball provided A, the foul by the team last gaining possession is not prior to the final change of possession. Is that what we just talked yep. about? And B, the team last gaining possession declines the penalty for its opponent's foul other than a non-player on sports mic. So basically we just, we were, we, we, I got ahead of myself there when kind of going through. Yeah, so so Article 1 tells you that you have the choice to, to do those changes. Article 2 tells you you can decline them and keep the ball, and this is how we're going to enforce it. Okay, there's a note here after Article 2. In this case... The team that was not last in possession has no penalty options until the team last in possession has made its penalty decision on the fouls prior to the change of possession. After that decision by the team last in possession, man, they just, I can't imagine the English professor who had to go through all of this, make sure it's gra- grammatically correct. After the decision by the team last in possession, the team not last in possession may decline or accept the penalty by the team last in possession or choose which foul to have enforced in the case that the team last in possession committed more than one foul following the change. Okay, so a lot of words there. All this is trying to wrap up is the fact that you could have uh, an interception, and on the return of that you could have a fumble. Well, now maybe after that fumble by the intercepting team, so the team and they are going to be not in possession, team A could get the ball back. And then yep. when they're running with it, then they could have a foul. The The choices is all about did you get it with clean hands or not is why we go back to that. Yeah. So it, it just, yeah, there's a lot of words here that rather than just saying A and B, because we could have multiple changes of possession in the play, uh, it's just saying did you end up with the ball and did a foul occur when you had possession of the ball is what we're trying to unpack. 10-2, double and multiple fouls. Article 3, if each team fouls during a down in which there is a change of possession and all our receiving team 
R fouls are post scrimmage kick fouls, then R may retain the ball provided R declines the penalty for K's fouls, other than a non-player or unsportsmanlike foul. In this case, the team that was not last in possession has no penalty options until the team last in possession has made the penalty decision. After that decision by the team last in possession, the team not last in possession may decline or accept a penalty by the team last in possession or choose which foul to have enforced. In the case that the team last in possession committed more than one foul, Following the change. Okay, so three and two kind of say the same thing. Three is covering post-scrimmage kick specifically versus interception and fumble change of possessions. Okay, 10-2, double and multiple fouls. Article four, when two or more live ball fouls, other than non-player and unsportsmanlike, are committed during the same down by the same team. So we got multiple foul situation. Only one penalty may be enforced. The designated representative of the offended team may choose which one shall be administered and all penalties may be declined. When a team commits a non-player or unsportsmanlike foul during the same down, it is administered from the succeeding spot as established by the acceptance or declination of the penalty for the other foul. Yeah, so the the way I always describe anything that's considered a unsportsmanlike foul or a non-player foul, so something that happened with somebody that's a sideline guy, we covered those already in Rule 9, um, but those fouls that are not a part of players, the, the 22 guys out there on the field, we put them on the shelf and we deal with them after the play is done and any fouls and stuff had occurred. So they keep saying other than in all these different yep. words here. Just know that anything that is unsportsmanlike conduct or a non-player foul specifically, we put it up on a shelf. We do everything having to do with the play. And then we deal with, the with those. Ball. Yeah, yep. we deal with those in the dead ball at the succeeding spot. At, you know, we could have enforce fouls and then we start dealing with the unsportsmanlike stuff after the fact and then the other thing we already said it kind of quickly earlier here if one team commits multiple fouls on the same play a five yarder a 10 yarder and a 15 you don't like add those up and go you know 20 something yards down the field you take the worst case one from the spot that would probably penalize the team that that committed the foul the worst you get to accept one foul so that might be one of the ones that we talk about. Well, you, if one contains a loss of down, but it would be real close to the first down versus this holding back here would make it, you know, third down and, I don't know, 20. That might be a time for yeah. a decision from a, a coach. Yeah. And we'll get into dumb rules and dumb, weird quirks, you know, later down the road. But, I mean, there is a there is a defensive pass interference that could be 30 yards, right? They can get the pass interference, and then it's intentional. Um, they did it intentionally, so then it can be thirty, right? I mean, in theory, that's like a double. I mean, that's a multiple foul. I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that later at some point. But all right, go look that one up. Article five: Enforcement of penalties for unsportsmanlike, non-player, or dead ball fouls. All right, now we're getting into this. A, penalties for dead ball fouls other than when both teams commit unsportsmanlike, non-player, or dead ball personal fouls prior to the completion of penalty administration for those fouls are administered separately and in the order of occurrence. A dead ball foul is not coupled with a live ball foul or another dead ball foul to create a double or multiple foul. This just says that unlike those live ball ones where we get to like, if you have two of them, you get to pick which ones. Uh, anything that happens as a unsportsmanlike or a non-player foul will be enforceable is, is kind of what it's saying. So we could have two during the dead ball period. We could have three, four, 
Again, I, I haven't seen it get that extreme yet, but it does mean that you can have more than one during these specific fouls. But yeah, you know, just so we got fighting on the field. We've got three players for white and four players for red, right? So in theory, we've got seven players that get unsportsmanlike fouls. Well, do the the three and the three cancel, and you've only got one because there was four on three, and that's a you know. So essentially, you've got 15 yards going against red because the other ones cancel each other out, right? Let's see what B says. Oh. <laughs> Pretty much covers Jeez. that right here, yeah. Jump in the gun. B, if both teams commit unsportsmanlike, non-player, or dead ball personal fouls prior to the completion of penalty administration for those fouls, the distant penalty for an equal number of 15-yard unsportsmanlike, non-player, dead ball personal fouls will offset. Yeah. And that answers my question. Yeah, there you go. When it, oh, let me just finish sure. this. When any remaining penalties will be enforced separately and in the order of occurrence. Correct. So... A uh, couple of things that this really covers. A, the, the scenario you just talked about, we have four and three. Really, we are going to, whoever team had four, they're going to have 15 yards against them is what that, it just answered what exactly what you brought up. Yep. The other thing that this does, um, we talk about in the order of occurrence and stuff when, when they are their own solo event. But if we have two players, we give them both UNSs. Uh, it's not like if the first guy shoved and the second guy shoved after we go in an order of occurrence anymore. Those two were kind of, involved in the same action and what this prevents is there there used to be a deal where if you went in the order of occurrence like the team who pushed first maybe that one's half the distance and then the other one goes back 15 and maybe it would have been if it would have been the other way around you could have gone back 15 and and back up 15 this just makes it a great point it makes it equitable for those two guys were were not one team's not going to gain yardage out of these two guys being dinks after the play yeah i think i saw it in the pro game where offensive lineman was defensive line was pushing an offensive lineman but the offense was on the two yard line right so he got an unsportsmanlike and you know the commentators were saying it's one yard well if you're gonna get an unsportsmanlike you might as well get it when it's on the two so it's a one yard penalty that's the right time to do it so yeah makes sense uh c there's just a article 5c a disqualified player or non-player shall be removed that makes sense i'm not gonna let a disqualified player continue to play Article 6 of 10-2, double and multiple fouls. A foul during a try is not paired with a dead ball foul to create a double or multiple foul. Yeah, so just uh, if we have a foul that's hanging from like the touchdown play and then we get an additional foul by that team during the try, it's not a double foul situation. We now have two things that can both be enforced. 10-3, types of play. Article 1, a loose ball play is action during a so again this is just telling us when it's loose a loose ball play is action during a a free kick or scrimmage kick other than those defined in 233 1a b a legal forward pass so once the ball is out of the quarterback's hands that is a loose ball play am i saying that right correct c a backwards pass now you're going to Tell me, there's no such thing as a backwards pass, right? No, no, no. There's no such thing as a lateral. Lateral, yeah. okay. Everything is either a forward pass or a backwards pass. People will say, well, it was a lateral. What does that mean? It's either one yeah. or the other. Yep. Okay, C, a backwards pass, including the snap, a legal kick or fumble made by A from in or behind the neutral zone and prior to change of team possession. All of those are loose ball plays in action. Uh, note, the runs which precedes such legal or illegal kick, legal forward pass, backward pass, or fumble is, are, considered part of the action during a loose ball play. 
Yeah, so this is going to be more about, as we start to get into basic spots and stuff, we'll talk about is it a run play or a loose ball play. And fouls that occur before a pass is made, that run is considered a part of a loose ball play as far as where we're going to enforce from and stuff. So, Okay, Article 2 of 10-3 types of play. A running play is any action not included under Article 1 other than those defined by 233-1A. Article 3 of 10-3, types of play. The end of the run is A, where the ball becomes dead in the runner's possession. B, where the runner loses possession if his run is followed by a loose ball. Or C, the spot of the catch or recovery when the momentum rule is in effect. So uh, both B and C, since we're talking a little bit to the officiating community here, those are spots that we have beanbags down. Momentum rule is a spot we have a beanbag down. And when a player fumbles the ball, uh, and there's a loose ball following it, so they're not down, so if they fumble the ball, that could be a potential spot of enforcement. It's the end of a run. That's why we have the beanbag down. We're on to 10-4, the basic spot. Oh, the best part of officiating. We're talking about <laughs> the basic spot. 10-4, basic spots. Article 1 says, if a foul occurs during a down, the basic spot is determined by the action that occurs during the down. This is the basic spot for penalty enforcement. All right, that's starting to, it's kind of cracking the door open there. <laughs> Article 2, the basic spot is the previous spot, A, for a foul which occurs simultaneous with a snap or a free kick. Let's just, let's, we're, we're going to go slow through this because this is such a horrible thing to wrap your head around until you've been doing this for 20 years. So Yeah, uh, so uh, if it's simultaneous with a snap or a free kick, it just means that where the ball was, before the snap occurred, you know, like a false start or something, we're going back to where the ball was. It's the previous spot. That's the spot, and then we're enforcing a penalty from there. Yes. Okay. The base uh, Article 2, the basic spot is the previous spot. B, for a foul which occurs during a loose ball play, as defined in 10-3-1. C, 10-5-5 for special enforcement on roughing the passer. That must be, it's coming up later. Yep. C, 10-5-1-B for special enforcement and kick-catching interference. Okay, so B, for a foul which occurs during a loose ball play as defined in 10-3-1. We went through yeah, that, so the, the, the basic spot. The, the, yep. Well, this is basic. So uh, for B here, this is the reason why on a defensive pass interference foul, we go back to the previous spot and enforce 15 yards or half the distance, whatever it is, 15 yards from there. That This is the why we go back there. We don't go from where the foul occurred since the – passer through from five yards behind the line of scrimmage we don't go there we go to the previous spot because it's a loose ball play is what this is telling us all right c the basic spot is the previous spot for a foul which occurs during a down in which a legal kick occurs and an inadvertent whistle ends the down prior to possession by either team so if it's a loose ball play the ball's in the air and there's an inadvertent whistle we got to go back to where that previous spot was. Yeah, if there was a foul that occurred before the inadvertent whistle and nobody had, so uh, the team R had not possessed it yet, the ball's still moving around, and we stop it as officials uh, with an inadvertent whistle, the only spot you can enforce it from is the previous spot. You can't go from like where yep. the ball was when the whistle blew is what this is saying. Okay. Um, because nobody's possessed it yet. I mean, you know, when you've got an invert, you could take the results of play. Yeah, there never, but, there never know, was the an res- end of the kick, which is the There spot. never was an end of the kick, yeah. so that's not, there is no result of the play. Um, yeah, okay. Article 3, 
10-4, basic spots. Article 3, the basic spot is the spot where the kick ends when R commits a post-scrimmage kick foul. There is an exception to Article 2 of 10-4 basic spots that says the basic spot may, at the option of the offended team, be the succeeding spot for fouls by K during a legal free or scrimmage kick down other than kick-catch interference prior to the end of the kick when K will not be next to put the ball in play. Okay, let's uh, just talk through what this means. So uh, if we have a foul by K on a uh, free kick, wherever the ball is returned to, provided that R keeps the ball during the play, they'll put it in play next, we can enforce that foul from where the return finishes. So this makes it so that I guess uh, any fouls by K can be tacked on is probably the right term for it. Same thing okay. with a scrimmage kick down. If during that scrimmage kick, there's a foul by K and uh, team R returns at 10 yards, whatever that foul is, we can tack it on at that option. So it makes it so there's not fouls by K that just go away. If you have a good return, you get to yep. still enforce them is what this gives us credit for. Um, but if but if there was a flag, let's say, you know, the, the kick ended on the minus 10, but there's a flag on the minus 20. You can go from that minus 20 where the flag was at. It's just saying the basic spot may be at the option of the offended team, the succeeding spot, or no. or where the penalty was. Well, so here, in that case, we're going to get into like the enforcement stuff in a, in a second here. Okay. That foul occurred beyond the basic spot for the kick, which is the end of the yep. kick. So we were going from the end of the kick to enforcement. It happened beyond where we're enforcing from is kind of, I guess, the way to, to think about that. So you're, you're, you're close there, but um, this is more like uh, the end of the kick was the negative 10. The foul occurred at the negative 20, but they returned it up to the um, negative 45. They can still take whatever that foul was and tack it on from the negative 45 afterward. Okay, but what if kick ends the negative 10, run ends at the negative 15, but the foul occurred at the negative 20? You can can you do the, you can tack on so from the negative fifteen you can add whatever the foul yardage was you don't have to go from the end of the kick but you don't go from the twenty though you don't go from where the foul occurred correct gotcha yep. that makes sense okay article three ten four basic spot the basic spot is the spot where the kick ends when R commits a post scrimmage kick foul. Yeah, so. R fouls behind the post-scrimmage kick spot are spot fouls. Yeah, so th- this is now flipping. We were talking about all stuff with K, with that exception in the last rule. Yep. These are now the return team is fouling during the kick. So if they we have okay a, a punt that comes from the negative 45 of the kicking team, it ends up at the negative 10. We'll keep that yard consistent here. But during that kick, there was a hold on one of the gunners during the kick. Um, that happens at the negative uh, 40 yard line. So we're more closer to midfield. The spot yep. that you're going to enforce that foul from is where the kick ends. So the negative 10, where it was possessed or came to rest. Now, the second piece of this is that same gunner held at the negative 5. So closer to the end zone, behind where the end of the kick was. If it's behind the basic spot, we're going to go from the spot of the foul, where the flag is down, and enforce that one. So... Beyond the basic spot, we're going to go to the end of the kick and enforce it. Behind the end of the kick, so closer to the end zone, we'll go from the spot of the foul. 
Does that make sense? We want to talk through it again. Well, it, I mean, you know, we say when the kick ends. So when the if, if a guy if a guy catches it on the negative twenty, right? Right. Runs it up to the negative thirty. You, I mean, how how do we know that he caught it at the negative? 20. I mean, we don't beanbag that where yeah. he catches it, do we? Yeah, so the end okay. of the kick, that's why, again, back to just have two. You have potential yep. for um, first touching by K. That's the reason you have one beanbag, which is a violation yep. spot. We talked about that during kicking. And then you have the end of the kick, which is the other beanbag. That's a potential spot of enforcement for post-scrimmage kick fouls. So, so every time uh, a punt returner catches cleanly... A ball, we should be beanbagging that spot right there, no matter what, because that's the end of the kick. Correct, and I would say if he re, if he's doing it as part of a fair catch, you don't have to like drop the bag and then pick the bag back up in the same spot. But if he returns it, absolutely, a bag should be down because if his team fouled that bag that you throw now, we could be enforcing from it. That's why it's there. Gotcha. Okay. Article four: the basic spot is the spot where the related run ends for a foul which occurred during a running play as defined in 10-3-2. Again, uh, we'll, we'll talk about fouls beyond, fouls behind, but the, the end of yeah. the run, wherever the play ends, is where the basic spot is. Right. 10-4, basic spots. Article 5, the basic spot is the succeeding spot. A, for an unsportsmanlike foul. B, for a dead ball foul. C, for a non-player foul. Or D, when the final result is a touchback. Note, the succeeding spot may, at the option of the offended team, be the subsequent kickoff, as in 822, 823, 824, and 825. Yeah, that's a bunch of scoring plays. We kind of talked about them already, so Rule 8 has to do with scoring. So um, all we were saying with the word succeeding spot is, like, we let the play happen. And whether it was a loss of 2 yards or a gain of 10, these specific fouls will be enforced from that spot where we would have next put the ball in play. So something happens on the sideline, wherever the play ended up, that's where we enforce from. We don't go to previous or related. I mean, there's a whole bunch of options we just talked about here. But all these ones that we're putting up on the shelf, we wait and see what happens to the play, and then we enforce after the play for those things. That's why they're on the shelf. We're waiting to deal with them until after everything else is done with. Yep, unsportsmanlike, dead ball, non-player. Unsportsmanlike, dead ball, non-player. If if you hear some of those, I mean, you got to you really got to get your uh, your antenna up if you start hearing those. Of those are not live ball fouls. We have to enforce those as dead ball fouls from the succeeding spot. Article six: the basic spot is the twenty yard line for fouls by either team when the opponent of the team in possession at the time of the foul is responsible for forcing the ball across the goal line of the team in possession, and the related run ends in the end zone as is followed by a loose ball, regardless of where the loose ball becomes dead. Yeah, so it, it, it's half covered in Article 5 when it says the final result is a touchback. This is more like the play would have been a touchback, but then a fumble. So we have a foul. We're in the end zone. It should be a touchback. But then there's something that causes the ball to become loose, whether it ends in the field of play or still in the end zone. We're going to the 20 because of the opponent – it's just saying that we're going there because essentially it's a touchback when the foul yeah, occurs. You can't you can't enforce it from the three yards into the into the end zone and, and go for right. There. And the, the other team's responsible for the ball in there, so we're in that touchback thing. And then a foul may be the reason why you fumbled, right? So yep. we're still giving them the credit of the touchback is what this is trying to cover. Okay, 
10-4, basic spots. Article 7, the basic spot is the goal line for fouls, which are committed during running plays, running plays, by the opponent of the team in possession at the time of the foul, when the team in possession is responsible for forcing the ball across its own goal line, and the related run ends in the end zone. Yeah, so we, we, we almost just described this and what we were talking about there. So I'm I'm on offense. I'm starting at the negative two. I snap the ball and go back to pass. Well, I'm responsible for the ball going back in the end zone. Um, yep. The foul occurring, again, wherever it occurs from the defense here, we can't enforce from three yards into the end zone. So they're just saying that if something happens there, end of the related run ends up being in the end zone. We enforce from the goal line. We go out to the goal line and then do whatever the 5, 10, 15-yard penalty would be. Let's walk through that really quick. The basic spot is the goal line for fouls which are committed during running plays. So, again, I'm going to hand the ball off. i got a running back that's seven yards deep in your situation. So I'm handing it off like three or four yards into the into the end zone. Comes up. You've got a, uh, a defensive tackle who's about to tackle him, but he face masks on the play, Right. So that's the six, you know, there's face Mac. You go back to the previous spot, right? No. Or, or okay. So this is, this is saying if you have a face mask in the end zone. You essentially go from the goal line and go 15. Five, well, you can do five or 15, yeah. five or 15 from right there. So you could either be at the five or at the 15 because this is what it's telling us, right? Correct. So uh, I had a play where a guy, again, we kind of are going to mix a couple things we've talked about today. Yep. I had, let's just say it's, it's third and 12. A quarterback goes back to pass. He is in the pocket. He gets face mask and he gets tackled eight yards back behind. So it would have been, let's just say it wasn't face, it would have been fourth and 20. Well, the face mask foul, you enforce it from where it occurs, which this is something high school specific. It happened yeah. eight yards in the backfield. We enforce it from eight yards in the backfield. So now yeah. it's going to go to third and five, even though we had a face mask. We don't go to back to the previous spot. And go yep. 15. It's from where the spot of the foul was. That's again part of this whole basic spot stuff we're talking about now. So yep. if that same play occurs in the end zone, I'm not going to go from eight yards deep in the end zone and walk from there out. I mean, just you could get into a quandary where if it happens eight yards and it was a five yarder, do you go to the two yards into the end zone? No, you didn't. Yeah. So you go yep. to the goal line when stuff happens in the end zone and it's your opponent. That did it. It's not going to result in a safety because we did it. It's the other guy who did it. We enforce from back at the goal line. Okay. That's the end of 10-4, basic spots. 10-5. We're in Rule 10 here, enforcement of penalties. 10-5, special enforcement rules. All right. Article 1. The following fouls have special enforcement provisions and options for the offended team. A, free kick out of bounds, untouched by R. Yeah. We've talked about that in 619. B, kick-catching interference, as in 656. Yeah, and the big thing here, if you remember back to the Rule 6, the where this foul occurs, we award the ball to the team that was fouled. So this doesn't get covered by post-scrimmage kick. We, we kind of said that when we were talking about the exceptions that include kick-catch uh, kick, interference earlier, it's because in the statement of the penalty, we say it's enforced from where the foul occurred, and that's what this special enforcement thing's covering kind of for the second time. Yep. Uh, C, unfair acts, as in 9-9. Yeah, so this is the, well, this is just the, if something is so bizarre and maybe not covered by the rule book, um, the officials have the capability of making an equitable 
they can they can give a touchdown if if they they think that's what would happen without you know a crazy fan coming out and tackling the guy who was in the open. So unfair acts yep. just means that uh, I have discretion to make something equitable. It's it's special. Yep. Uh, D. Article one special enforcement rules states that a foul. Uh, these have. The following fouls have special enforcement provisions and options for the offended team. D, the foul by the opponent of the scoring team on the successful try. So again, they can either redo the try, go half the distance, or they can have it uh, tacked on on the succeeding play, which the offended team gets to decide who gets to put the ball in play, if we all remember, is another <laughs> one of the dumbest rules that ever came into play. E, a foul by the opponent of the scoring team on a successful field goal. A foul by the opponents of the scoring team. So again, if it's third and four, they're kicking a field goal, and you've got a holding, a defensive holding. You know they might want to say, "Oh no, we're going to take this. It's going to be you know first and ten from ten yards up." Or you know, let's, you know, we want to keep our three points, and we want to have this tacked on on the on the kickoff, the succeeding kickoff. Yeah, and this is another one that's I guess a very big different one from those other rule sets. The fact that you can keep points, you don't have to decline things by rule, you can have defensive pass interference and score a touchdown and enforce the 15 yards on the kickoff if you want. That is unique to high school. F, fouls that occur during or after a touchdown scoring play. Like what I just said. (laughs) Yep. G, roughing the passer. H, roughing the kicker and holder. I, roughing the snapper. All these have... Automatic first down provisions. That's the special part. Yep. Yep. J. Fouls by K during a free or scrimmage kick down prior to the end of the legal kick. These are the tack on things we just talked about in the base the other rule here. Yep. Okay. Ten five special enforcements rules. Article two. The enforcement spot for any foul by the defense is the goal line when the run ends in the end zone and would result in a safety. Mm-hmm. The enforcement spot for any foul by the defense is the goal line when the run ends in the end zone result in a safety. So again, this is the exact same thing I just talked about, right? If if the D lineman would tackle the running back in the end zone, that is a safety. But if he also had a face mask on there, you know, you'd go from the goal line and go out. Correct, yeah. So that's the special part is that we're not going from where the foul occurred like every other foul that occurs in the field of play. We go we move up to the goal line. It's special for that reason. Okay, Article 3 of 10-5 Special Enforcement Rules. The score is nullified if the penalty is accepted for a foul other than non-player or unsportsmanlike by A, which occurs during a down resulting in a successful try, field goal, or touchdown. So the, the team that scored, if they commit a live ball foul of any kind, they don't get to keep the points and then you know have it enforced on a try or kickoff thing. The, the score goes away, we enforce it back in the field of play. Now, where that doesn't happen is if it's unsportsmanlike or non-player in nature, the touchdown will count. We put that thing on the shelf like we talked about before. and then Taunting or, you know, this is where taunting or illegal celebration. Do we have legal celebration? What, what's the... Excessive celebration, but that would be a dead yeah. ball thing anyway. So this is, again, another difference. So in, in high school, if I'm the guy in the open and I turn back and give the deuce sign back to the guy, yep. in, uh, at least in, in NCAA rule set, we can enforce that from where he does that and the score will come away. We don't do that in high school. He still gets his touchdown, um, which, again, whether you agree with that or not, that's just what the rule book says. Yep. Uh, 
that taunting gets put on the shelf and we deal with it after the, and the score will still count. It's just it's the way it is. Okay. Article four. If the offensive team throws an illegal forward pass from its end zone or commits any other foul for which the penalty is accepted and the measurement is from on or behind the goal line, it is a safety. Uh, offensive lineman holds in the end zone. You know, that's where you would enforce the play from. So since you're enforcing the play in the end zone, it's a safety. Yep. Article 5. The enforcement spot is the dead ball spot for roughing the passer when the dead ball spot is beyond the neutral zone and there has been no change of team possession. Yeah, so if you complete the pass, um, you can go from where that play ended if it ends beyond the, the neutral zone. That's a, the rough the passer's attack on foul versus it being from where the roughing occurred. Okay, but this this seems like it's the triangulating here. If you have an illegal forward, if you're beyond the neutral zone, you have an illegal forward pass. Can you have roughing the passer on an illegal forward pass? No, you cannot. No. Yeah. So I, I, I just I don't know. I mean, this, I guess you'd have you know. This is really like if you have an intentional grounding. You can't have roughing the passer is kind of what I would say to that. So if okay. he grounds it, you can't. We may have fouls by both teams, so we could have some other things that offset and stuff, but yep. it has to be a legal forward pass. Article 6. A disqualified player shall be removed. Yeah, I don't I don't know why it fits into this rule at all. It's more like should be like what the player status is. It doesn't have anything to do with enforcement. All right. Now the even the best. The best rule we've got of all of these. 10-6, enforcement spots. All but one principle. All but one. I just, man, we're going to we're gonna have to talk through this one here a little bit. Well, here, let's, let's make it simple first. So there's, okay. there's three, three things that can happen with a foul. You can enforce from, let's just say I run the ball, I gain five yards. If the foul occurs beyond the yardage I gained, uh, and it's against the defense. I'm going to go yep. from the from the spot that we got to and add it on to that. Okay. If it happened behind the spot of the foul and I gained five yards, I'm going to tack it on. We're going to get the extra yardage from where I gained. Now yep. the all but one is now the offense fouls behind the spot. We don't get to go from the basic spot anymore. So all fouls are enforced from the basic spot except for the one where it's the offense behind the basic spot. Yeah, so I think you know, like if, if if a lineman is holding at the at the line of scrimmage, let's just say to make this simple, but the end run, the ball, um, the run ends five yards past the line of scrimmage. Holding held at the line of scrimmage, you have to just assume that if he didn't hold, well, then that defensive lineman probably would would have had an opportunity to tackle him there. So that's where you say, well, you know, he didn't get your clean hands rule i don't know clean feet i don't know if you want to say it but he didn't cleanly get that five yards because there was a foul uh of holding that happened that prop that prevented the defense from having a clean shot at the running back that's the philosophy they're going with here the yardage you gained honestly you get yep anything that was beyond where a foul occurred we're going to go back to where the foul occurred that's all really all but one means they just then give you I don't know if it's three or four pages here of words to describe that, but in essence, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to read through this quick. You know, I think the the one where where it gets really hairy is you've got a 
a running play. You go 40 yards downfield, right? And then all of a sudden you've got a holding by the receiver, you know, on a D-back that's 40 yards down the play or a legal block in the back or something, right? I mean, you're not taking away that 40 yards, right? You know, if the penalty occurred 40 yards down the field, you're giving them that 40 yards, but the penalty is then from wherever that foul occurred, correct? Yeah. So again, you gained it honestly. That yep. little bit of extra that you would have got, we take away because that foul occurred way down there. Okay, I'm just going to start reading. If I think there's a spot to uh, have you chime in, I'll do that. If you fi- if you see a spot, you just interrupt me, okay? Sure. Enforcement spots, all but one principle. Unless otherwise listed in Section 4 and 5, a penalty for a foul occurring during a play is enforced from the basic spot with the exception of a foul by the offense which occurs behind the basic spot during a loose ball play or running play. This particular foul is enforced from the spot of the foul. Football penalty enforcement. Enforcement provisions apply to all player fouls. These provisions are not complicated by exceptions or special penalties. By learning a few fundamentals, game officials will master the principles of penalty enforcement quickly and without difficulty. Enforcement philosophy is based on the fact that a team is given the advantage of the distance which is gained without assistance of a foul. It is assumed that the only foul which would give this aid is a foul by the offense behind the basic spot. Therefore, all fouls but this one, that is a foul by the offense behind the basic spot, are penalized from the basic spot unless the spot is otherwise specified by rule. This one foul is penalized from the spot of the foul. Whenever the ball is live, one of two types of plays is in progress. That is either a loose ball play or a running play. The type of play has no significance unless a foul occurs. If a foul does occur, the game officials must know whether it was during a loose ball play or during a running play because this immediately determines the basic spot of enforcement unless the spot is otherwise specified by rule. A loose ball play is action during one, a free kick or scrimmage kick, other than those defined by 233-1A, two, a legal forward pass, three, a backwards pass, including the snap, a legal kick or fumble made by A from in or behind the neutral zone prior to a change of team possession. A loose ball play includes the runs which precede such legal or illegal kick, legal forward pass, backward pass, or fumble. If a foul occurs during a loose ball play, the basic spot is the post-scrimmage kick spot as defined in 241.6. If a PS... Oh, even the rule book starts going to uh, acronyms here. (laughs) If a post-scrimmage kick foul... We'll start calling them PSKs because the rule book is calling it that. 216.2H occurs. The dead ball spot for roughing the passer, as in 944. Spot of an awarded fair catch when kick-catching interference is penalized. Or the previous spot, if these do not apply. That's a whole bunch of words that go back to if the only time we're going to the spot of the foul to enforce this thing is if it's a foul by the offense behind the end of the run or the basic spot, whatever whatever two of those you want to say. So uh, sometimes on an incomplete pass, officially the basic spot is going to be, since it's a loose ball, passed it, be the previous spot, but the holding occurred four yards behind the line of scrimmage. We still go back to where the holding was. That's that's fouls by the offense behind the basic spot is the exception yep. on this rule. Yeah, I think uh, what clears that up for me big time 
is that it's only by the offense, and you have to if the penalty occurred behind where the runner ended up, you know. And again, I, it helps me when you say that. Did he get there cleanly? Did he get there honestly? It's the way I always did say. Did he get there honestly? Yeah. Did the runner get there honestly? Then we're fine. If they didn't, well, then you know, go from where the foul occurred and go from there. Yeah. We use the term K and R, so kicking and return team. But really, once the ball's kicked, R is considered the offense at that point. Um, Same deal, once the ball's intercepted, even though it started off as team A and team B, they kind of keep those. Once team B has the ball, they're the offense now. So again, the foul, if it's a foul by the offense behind the basic spot, that that everything we just talked about still applies. There was some stuff about... Do they get to decline it and stuff we talked about, you know, who gets the choice earlier. But really, the all but one is almost all plays, except for those special enforcement rules we covered just previously here. Yeah. The one thing we get, I I think we get bundled up and bungled up on, um, you know, you've got an interception, right? That D-back takes off, he starts running. He's going to score. Well, then you've got an overzealous D-lineman who block in the back, right? I always call that just unnecessary roughness. Don't call it a live ball because that guy was going to score no matter what, right? And, I mean, it's a dumb play. Shouldn't have done it. I always call that an unsportsmanlike conduct, not an illegal block in the back because the guy has already passed him, right? And so the all-but-one principle would apply here in theory, right? If you had an illegal block in the back, even though the runner's 40 yards up, um, if you have a spot there. But I think you can really get yourself in trouble if you're going to call that play back when really it's just a dumb emotional play by a guy who's way behind the spot. So I don't know. Anything else to – would you – I mean, that that's one of the things they are trying to limit is those hits that are unnecessary and clearly out of the play. And one yeah. of the ways that we make that go away from even occurring is if they would have had a touchdown – and because, you know, the, the, the doofus there, four yards back, hits a kid, now we're going to go back, go 15 from that spot. The team's yep. going to keep the ball, so it's kind of like, well, they still get, they got an interception. But, mm-hmm. man, that coach is probably not going to, the kid's going to get near full, and it's on purpose. It's a very punitive foul because yep. of how unnecessary it was. Yeah. Now, if it's right around, you know, the guy, if they're within five, ten yards and it's close, you know, then... Throw it, and that's the spot I go. But if it's one of those really dumb emotional things that's 40 yards away, I will try to personally, good, bad, or indifferent, make that an unsportsmanlike foul so that it happens after after that touchdown. And and I will say, you know, close game. I mean, I don't think you can make that distinction. If this is the team that's getting beat by a bunch, they finally get a good play. If that would take away the touchdown that, you know, gets them from zero to seven points, the other team's in the 40s. I completely yeah. agree with the philosophy, but you know, anytime your discretion is taking away a potential touchdown in like a one-score game, I think you have to just go by the rule book. And unless it's close enough to right at that dead ball period, great, you can separate it then and say, "Hey, it was after the play." But uh, you know, film doesn't lie these days, and if there's a foul that occurs and it's clear and out in the middle of everything, you know, that's where coaches are calling their ads the next day. So that's just my own thought on it but uh yeah i mean crew philosophies may may kind of shape how you call that foul yeah all right luke that's the end of 10 that's the end of our we're not going to do rule one and we'll selectively do rule two you know we'll, we'll start sprinkling in some definitions as we go in part of rule two so the next time you hear us we're going to be hopefully talking about 
some actual plays and some actual questions. Um, I'm excited. So that's good. I'm glad we got through 10. I appreciate you getting me through the uh, basic spot and all but one principle. I have a much better grasp on it now. And we'll uh, catch you on the next episode. Well, you're at the game and it's Friday night and you want to make sure that the calls are right. This is high school football rules. There's a hole in a fumble and an illegal pass. Now, what do you do? Cause you're the ref. Well, this is high school football rules. Well, sit on down and kick right back. You're going to listen to Luke and Matt. They're talking high school football. Talking high school.